trigger warning, this episode contains references to sexual assault and rape and gender-based violence. Kia ora. Hello. And welcome to our podcast. Just another F word. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ella. And welcome back to our in-depth kind of exploration of the manosphere. I know it's been so fun. We are, um, we've had a little mini series within our big, huge, never-ending series of podcasts. Um, I know, all on the manosphere. It's been it's been quite a, quite an adventure, but we have reached the end. This is going to be our last one. I know, I know. I can hear all the disappointed ohs in the background, but don't you worry, it's a good one. It's a goodie that we're doing. It is a goodie. It is a goodie. Yeah, it's just been super interesting, eh? Just like kind of having a bit of research um, and no. finding out a little bit more. Interesting slash also really depressing slash just confirms yeah. a lot of stuff we already knew, but yeah. yeah. And I guess it's like, look, I don't know about you guys, team, but I'm actually doing some research and that's pretty much like pretty epic for me because I just turn up and go, right, Ella, what are we talking about? And then spin some shit. So this has been great. I know. This has been more like formal, if we can call our podcast formal. Um, We'll probably just have to have a chit chat next time. Shit. Okay. Um, (laughs) But just before we get right in depth into what the Manosphere um, and our next um, kind of mini series episode is about, how are you going? Oh, I am doing, I am doing, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Ellie. Um, We have just um, in Tamaki Mokoro, we've just gone to level three. So that means that lockdown has lifted ever so slightly. I've been able to have a coffee. Yay! Um, which actually, do you know what? I was thinking as I went and got my first coffee yesterday that I was thinking about how like one good thing about lockdown is it makes you really, really appreciate those small things that you mm. just haven't, like you maybe just, you know, you just take for granted in your day-to-day life and you're like, oh, and I just went and got a coffee and drank it and was really, um, but then, you know, when you have that slight anxiousness because you haven't seen people that yeah. often for like however many weeks and I don't know, thanks to all of our workers who have gone back out and started working and yeah, and just, I guess one thing I would say is this has gone totally off track but um I would really recommend that people go and support like small businesses right now like I know you might be missing your McDonald's and shit and I get that and it's also super cheap so I totally get that but if you can support your small businesses because they will have been really struggling over this um these like what have we been five weeks something like that yeah five weeks for Tamaki Makoto um and it's been quite I think that's the thing that's been really interesting for us is seeing how we are here and how the rest of Aotearoa are going um because you know they are in level two um and I'm like you I'm like you in the sense of like you know you really um appreciate the small things like um my big thing is like you know I sometimes I just want to go and do some crafts but I don't always have everything I have for crafts I can't just go into spotlight and buy like some macrame um and so (laughs) I guess that's the thing is that um is really appreciating when you can do that and um valuing when you can but I also think that there's something in lockdown around um there is stuff around uh, needing to have connection with people, especially around mental health, but there's also a time in lockdown to just um, when you've got a little bit of space and a little bit of privileges, just reconnect and just recharge in a way. Yeah. Um, And just look at like what you want to make your like priorities and how you want to kind of 
uh, reassess on how you do work. Because if anything, what lockdown has shown us, especially for some of us, is that work can be done a certain way um, mm. and we don't need to be um, bending over backwards for employers 24-7. So mm-hmm. let's look at ways that we can creatively go back into the workforce um, to make sure that our mental health is looked after as much as our um, physical health too. Totally. Basically, what we're saying, team, is um, fuck capitalism. Yeah, uh, fuck that. <laughs> but also support capitalism for the small businesses that you know. That's um, not actually, that's the thing. I was having this really very funny conversation with my mum this morning and we were talking about some shit that's going on in the UK. Won't go into too much detail. Um, but basically, very brief overview is talking about how gas prices are going up over there and we're just heading into winter. So it's a real, real worry for certain for certain families and things, um, especially mm-hmm. lower income families. Um, but what's happening is because gas prices are being forced up, small businesses and small gas companies are being forced out of business because they can't mm. compete with these huge companies, which have just yeah. have got a monopoly on gas. And that's capitalism, you know, supporting your small businesses that are locally owned. That isn't, you know, capitalism is set up to benefit the very small people right at the top of the chain and make them shit tons of money. And it fucks over everyone else. It doesn't want competition. So actually, if you go out and you help those local businesses, that's okay you're spending money then that's part of our like you know like part of our community but it's these are the fucking huge companies that are owned by a billionaire that are the issue anyway capitalism yeah Um, capitalism and what we know about some of those capitalists of those billionaires at the top of the top end of the pyramid is that they're probably part of the manosphere oh what a (gasps) generalized statement that i made do you think they're maybe white men they might be cis het white men uh, with privilege and fragility. And um, isn't that a really great segue into our final um, episode and final topic in the manosphere, which is what? You're actually such a pro, have to say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our final manosphere episode. Um, Mm -hmm. So a quick overview, we've done a deep dive last week into pickup artists and we've done Mm -hmm. incels. And this Mm -hmm. week we've got two areas of the manosphere, which we're going to cover. They really, they've got their own kind of twist, I guess, but they really do cross over quite a lot. We have got MGTOW is what they, is the abbreviated name for them, which Mm -hmm. is men going their own way. And then we also have, I know. And then we also have men's rights activists who are probably a little bit in some ways kind of traditional. They've existed for a little bit longer than the online manosphere community, but they're definitely part of that wider collection of man hating. No, not man hating, women hating. Uh, Women hating. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So Wankers that is, really yeah, I, like that is I think you've summarized them well. <laughs> so that's what we're going to chat about today is we're going to talk about MGTOW and um, men's rights activists, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Should we start with MGTOW? Yeah, why not? You know, it's always a fun one. So MGTOW are really interesting, um, pretty much predominantly online community as well, like we've seen with like incels and like we've seen with... Um, like learning some stuff with like um, pickup artists. So they're pretty much online. Um, and there is no, no one can really figure out like when they first really originated, but they do think that it was around the, like the early 2000s. And um, sometimes they can say that it can trace back to a um, blog online, which was called uh, No Ma'am, which is like fucking dick of a comment, like blog name anyway. Um <laughs> 
And from on that point, as they on that um, blog, they published a manifesto around them, mm-hmm. their ideology, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where this kind of started. But what we know about it is that they're anti-feminist, misogynistic, um, and mostly online as a community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think probably the simplest way to explain their ideology is to avoid women at all costs. Mm-hmm. That is their the basis of their ideology there's different levels to that Mm -hmm. but the basis of it is to avoid women at all costs and I feel like you just need to take a second to kind of let that sink in um, as to how that would impact upon so many different kinds of relationships Mm -hmm. and how that would further reenact that um, the oppression or discrimination of women within certain spheres and radicalize um those men right so you can see that if um and not saying that all people who belong to MGTOW uh, become part of an incel but you can see by um by the uh, ideology that they have how that that can simply just radicalize into other um, aspects because real um one of the things around um what MGTOW believe is that feminism has made women dangerous Mm. Um, and the only way for males to have self-preservation is to be completely cut off by women, mm. absolutely removed from them. And it's just um, pretty dumb. Uh, it's not it's not a great idea, um, but I also don't know if I really want to have any interaction with these kind of men anyway. No, but, don't think we'd get on. No, no. And it, it's quite interesting. So they um, they have this mindset. They, they have similar languages around like, the red pill and the blue pill yeah. that we saw in the incel um, community. Um, but they also believe things. Um, they use language like um, alphas, betas. Um, mm. They believe that um, all women will gravitate to alpha males who will mistreat them. Um, but the alpha male is obviously attractive. That's, that's who we obviously. all as women gravitate to um but then they believe as well as as women age because you know that's what we do um then we will just settle for betas because they will provide for women financially and then um but also women will then deny them a sex which links really into that incel community right Mm. and then what happens is that um at the end of it, women will then divorce the betas um, and win everything in court and take all their money and take all the children and stuff like that. Mm. It's a really, it's a great mindset. And you can see how that really, um, it reduces women down to mm. being, it really objectifies women, generalizes mm. women and reduces them down as if they're just into material things and nothing else and feeds both into that incel community, like you said, and some of the ideologies yeah. that underpin that. Um, and also your men's rights activists, which we'll get onto in more detail later. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty dangerous. There's kind of, I think, a real emphasis as well within this group on gender roles and gender stereotypes. There's very much the idea that women are just in the, like, that they are benefiting from men's success and that it's men that do all the hard work. And then women, the only reason why women will ever have any success is off the back of men and off the hard work of men. And it's men's skills, um, successes, you know, in science, technology, all of these things that women are yeah. essentially just stealing if they ever have had any success or financially yeah. just riding off the back of. And women don't have those skills themselves in order to be successful. So, therefore, <laughs> for men to hold and maintain 
their dominance within the society within society they have to cut women off now otherwise mm-hmm. women will just steal their ideas or their finances or whatever else it is that they think that women are doing totally that's totally what i what i do 24 7 really but it's also this idea that um there's a real like within all of the manosphere there's a real hatred right to feminism that's probably mm. one of those really common um common things <laughs> i was like common common things mm-hmm. within um the manosphere movement is that um and especially within um within the MGTOW movement is that they believe that society has been corrupted by feminism and that um feminism has destroyed western society like that is where they're kind of going and then so by doing that they need to take control and 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 preserve their male rights um yes then they so by the only way by doing that is removing themselves um which is kind of like when I think about that it then again it links within that incel community about about being because if they're removing themselves from women mm. then they're uh, you know, not all relationships with women are sexual, but you're also then becoming involuntary celibate, right? So that's mm-hmm. and it deepens that anger and that hatred towards uh, women and how they are. Mm. Um, it's a pretty, it's it's interesting. And like you said before, Ella, you're saying that there are like four different levels of yes. how um, how they how MGTOW see themselves. And so in the first level, um, what it is is it's around where they believe men believe that they're being manipulated by women um but they still also have those um root values within like marriage and relationships and like those kind of things so it's kind of that um that hatred towards women don't like what they're doing but they still want to have like a a relationship somehow with them um then the second level looks at how men start rejecting those long-term relationships um uh, they don't want to cohabilitate with women. They don't. They just say no to marriage, but they still engage in shorter relationships with women and sexual relationships with women as well. Um, and then we look into the third level where it's like no short-term relationships. They reject all of them and they limit their interactions with women. So that could be like if there's a woman in the office, like the receptionist, um, they will just not talk to her at all, will not do anything with her. And then the fourth level is this huge idea where they minimize their engagement with the state. You know, they minimize any engagement with society, um, which is including employment. And they um, end up just retreating. And it's this um, terminology that they call going ghost, where Mm -hmm. they're just not having any engagement with society, the state or women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole level system, like you said, and how you can slowly get more and more indoctrinated Mm -hmm. and actually how even the the impact that that can have on women lesser so those first levels although clearly there's some really problematic views there but then as you go into those deeper levels and people are just rejecting they're essentially um you know rejecting women from certain social spheres I know that there was um there's been some stories that have come up of where women have shared some of their experiences Mm -hmm. um including women have reported that men in their offices have suddenly started declining them from meetings um, or, and yeah, and that kind of thing. And I think that feeds in probably to your level three kind of stuff where they're starting to actually prevent women from, from that, from, from being considered equal within the workplace or even accessing that space within the workplace. There was another human resources consultant who reported that her exec, her executives, (laughs) 
would told her that they would no longer get into a lift alone with a woman. Again, I think that fed right off the back of the Me Too movement. But it was this fear of this unnecessary fear that women were just going to accuse them of like false rape allegations in order to ruin their careers and somehow like step over the top of them. And there were also other women that talked about how men suddenly and really abruptly cancelled their business lunches. And this was with, this was with this was with women that they previously were mentoring, and they just suddenly decided to cut them out and weren't going to do those things or offer that support anymore. Yeah. And there's lots and lots of stories that have come up, come up like that, you know. And it feeds into yeah. those levels that you just mentioned. And I guess the thing around like MGTOW is it's probably not in a space where um, when you think about like our examples that we were able to give last week around like pickup artists. And if you think about before that, when we were talking about incels, there are real key examples where you can go, this is what happened. You can see it in ABC and, you know, Fred, George, Ron. I don't know why I named the Weasleys, but. (laughs) Sorry, Weasleys. Sorry, Weasleys. Hopefully you're not in MGTOW. Um, But you can like, you know, there are really clear examples with those behaviors. Mm. And the thing that's kind of really um, destructive around MGTOW is that it's really underlying you know um, when they start minimizing contact with women women then sit in the space of going I don't know what's happened like what is going on here Mm. Um, when they start you know rejecting them within you know and it's rejecting people like your mother Mm. aunts like you know all those kind of people or um, friends that you've known for a long time when you start seeing that you and there's often not an explanation of going well you're you're a woman so I'm just going to reject you for my own Mm. self-preservation like there isn't that kind of stuff and so people are like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly. And that's this weird, like, that's the thing that I find with MGTOW that is so um, concerning is how underlying it is, but mm-hmm. how destructive it is as well. And how easy it is for you to, you can, you, because of the level system as well, you can get like just roped into it and pulled along in the tide. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's really scary about this totally it's almost in some ways it's been more successful at being able to get into mainstream culture than other segments of the manosphere because it's probably not considered maybe quite as extreme as some Mm -hmm. of some of these other ones yeah so it's kind of been able to the narrative has been pushed forward and I think it is particularly linked in um with the me too movement as well and how that's just been there are strong opponents to that who have just kind of brushed it off and been like, nah, that's not something that happened. And they've just criticized it, called a witch hunt, just said that women are trying to topple men from their jobs and lives. And therefore the best thing you can do is cut women off altogether. And that's actually been quite a successful narrative that's come through. And it's actually been, like you said, it's actually been able to be heard in a way that maybe your incels is kind of a little bit that's quite extreme as we chatted about before um but there's so much overlap you know with the incels and that involved and not and cutting women off and the mctow you know which is interesting too and you can see it kind of um you can see how it can be roped in together like you could be part of MGTOW and part of the incel community and because both of them are online communities and both of them actually have um well they have had um spaces within reddit which is an easy accessible online space um Mm -hmm. I think actually 
some of the subreddit for- forums now have been taken down for MGTOW. Um, don't quote me on that, but I feel like that might, I've heard that somewhere. Um, but that's the, that's the issue. Like they're in accessible places where young uh, vulnerable men who are searching for something, some kind of connection, and then they find these places that they can just connect into. And then they go, cool, this makes sense. I've had these kind of thoughts before. Absolutely. Okay. You know, women are, I do notice that women are saying this. I do notice that mm. women get away with like, you know, and just hearing, um, having justification for um, negative thoughts that they have, you know. Definitely. Um, there's been really significant men who have essentially repeated the ideas of McTow really famously. You've got um, Mike Pence, who's an American politician, who is that? So yeah, <laughs> well, here you are. Um, so yeah. Mike Pence, he's an American politician, and again, this was really off the back of the Me Too movement. But he quote said that um, the Wall Street rule for the Me Too movement, the Me Too era, avoid women at all costs. Again, essentially saying that the only way that you can avoid being accused of sexual assault um, within the Me Too movement as a man is by avoiding women. And that message ended up being like it was repeated. People talked about it. It actually got dubbed as the Pence rule. So that's a famous American politician who's got a huge platform, who's advising men to avoid women rather than actually talk about why sexual assault and rape and harassment is occurring and actually talk about the issue. It's just putting that blame back on women and further discriminating women and shaming women from coming forwards. So if you've got someone like that who is repeating this kind of rhetoric online and, you know, to a huge audience, this isn't, these aren't just this obscure online community, you know, like this is actually, um, and, 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 this is actually something that's being repeated. And then within those MGTOW communities on Reddit, that the Mike Pence rule or the Pence rule is something that's referred to quite yeah. frequently and has become that kind of catchphrase, like the other ones that you've talked about as well, red pilling, et cetera. Um, but it's really dangerous. It's really, really dangerous. And yeah. Fuck. I know. Crazy. So that's how much it's infiltrated though. Like it's not just, yeah. again, that's why we have to talk about this shit. And, that, and that's the thing is, you know, um, MGTOW or men going their own way may for some of you be the first time you've heard of this, you know, mm. and it's, um, and what we try and do is we try to give you like snippets or tidbits of what you can take away and then do some research around what you need to know. Um, men who hate women, um, we've referred to it a few times, a book by Laura Bates is an incredible book and has a few chapters around it. Yeah. And that can be something that um, if you're looking into um, wanting to learn a bit more, um, there's that space as well definitely okay mm-hmm. so we have gone we've done a kind of deep, deep dive, dive. Quick, yeah into MGTOW yeah shall we go into men's rights activists why not let's just do it I kind of think that I find it quite funny that they're called men's rights activists I don't feel like this name accurately represents what they actually do Because it feels like it's more of what women can do wrong activists rather than a men's rights activist, to be honest. I I would agree with that. Um, I think that is 100% right because it's not about um, advocating for for men or supporting um, men or, you know, anything like that or creating spaces for men or, you know, or creating supports for men. It's going... 
well, you know what? Women are fucking dicks and women mm-hmm. do this and women blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Um, space to rant and be little and 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 be uh, rude and mean to women again. Exactly. You kind of, it has this noble like sounding to it. You know, men's rights activists, you think that maybe it's going to be about talking about men's mental health, um, talking about masculinity and gender stereotypes and being able to express yourself or connecting men with other men you feel like there's so much potential behind what it could be but it's not that whatsoever it's literally like you said about bringing women down and criticizing them and telling all the reasons why they're wrong which doesn't seem that helpful in actually dealing with these issues which do face men yeah it's not it's not very helpful um I guess one of the most common um platforms that they'll stand on is like the family court system across the world um we know from our experience here in New Zealand or Aotearoa um how um we will often hear uh men saying that the family court system or even or any court system is biased towards men and that women will always get more out of it they will always get um access to children they always get custody they always have uh, parenting orders um and that the court just is unjust and does not listen to men at all um which is probably it's a space that um men's right activists will stand on they're like yeah that's what happens the court is unjust all the time totally that's one of their key things i think they have a couple of like key messages of which one of them is around women having being awarded most of the child care like when the relationship split up in the family court and then also like false rape allegations those are like Mm -hmm. the two things that they seem to really heavily focus on the funny thing well it's not funny but I find the hypocrisy within this movement just again Mm -hmm. astounding um but the really ironic thing that stands out to me in terms of the parenting situation is I feel like their messages just don't make sense. On one side, they're talking about how naturally they're very much into their gender stereotypes and roles, right? But naturally women should just care for children. And that is their role in the household. You know, they should be at home. They should be looking after after the children, looking after men, you know, doing all Mm -hmm. the housework, all the cleaning and all of that shit. We know exactly what kind of image we've got in our head right now. But yeah. then when you become separated, that oh, yes. all goes to shit. And apparently uh-huh. then, you know, there should be 50-50 custody of the children and men suddenly should be able to take on those roles and, mm-hmm. you know, and otherwise things are unfairly split. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. On one side, you're arguing that women are the natural carers and therefore they yep. should have the children. But at the same time, when women do end up with the care of children, you're saying that that's wrong and that the family court is biased. It just doesn't make seem to make sense. And on top of all of that, that doesn't even happen. It's not even real. No, we know this. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the thing eh, is that from our personal experience with the way that we do uh, with the mahi that we do, we know that um, it is, it is wahine and women who have to jump through at so many hoops to um, have access to children or have access that they would like for the fathers to have with the children and that men can continuously um, not uh, follow the parenting order or the custody order, continuously um, behave badly, continuously not turn up to things, not participate, not uh, follow through with uh, court-ordered actions and men will still have 
the right to have access to their children. Whereas if it was on the other foot, Mm. women doing that, if women do not uh, meet the the counseling or the programs that they have to do or don't turn up on time or don't do anything, then women are often and more so than men will be completely like downtrodden about that. They will have limited access. They don't listen to the fear that there is there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a, it is a complete, um, yeah, fuck up. Totally. It's just not true. And that's on a both an anecdotal point of view from where we support women through these situations all the time and we can see how the family court works, right? But then even when they've done really in-depth studies of the family court, it has shown that when men make, when fathers make applications to the family court to request time with their children, they are successful in their applications. They are not withheld from seeing their children. And it really, this family court is so focused on having equal access. That is really, and sometimes that's a focus over and above any kind of abuse that is being experienced in home, in the home. So totally, it's just not true. So it's like both from our experience and also statistically. So it's just been totally skewed. And that, I mean, this is something that's so frequent with the men's rights activists, right? They just find facts or just make up facts and yeah you know that's it that's they just they just run along with that um yeah. I think with- you think of like um like another one that they stand on frequently and it's things that we hear as well about as well as they go well you know uh women can be abusive towards men oh yeah and um and it's something that we hear about right like it's not um we don't in in the work that we do we don't we believe women's stories always mm-hmm. but we also acknowledge that women can be aggressive um when they are however it is not our space to be the ones who are supporting them and when you think about men activists men rights activists um you would expect that that is the kind of um the work that they would look along alongside of you know they would look at doing of creating programs of of creating a safe house creating a space for men um and yet what they do is they sit on the on on the back seats and they're just like continuously going and heckling at women you know Mm -hmm. women have done this see look what women have done Mm -hmm. women are constant you know we women are just as abusive why are we supporting why are we doing this and yet they aren't providing the support that you would expect a um, noble named organization or community to kind of create, right? No, exactly. They don't even, you know, one of the biggest issues that young men or men in general, and we know this in Aotearoa as well, that Mm -hmm. is sexual assault and rape from Mm -hmm. other men. Yeah. Especially when they were growing up, you know, and there is no mention of this within men's rights activists at all they don't even address that issue they're not there to so this is the thing they're not there to support other men they're not there to provide the proper support that is needed because i agree with that shit is horrendous and there needs to be the proper supports in place for those people it's not women's refuges responsibility to provide that and if that's something you're passionate about then you go and create that but that's the thing they don't even mention it they just attack women's spaces and they attack you know every time laws are put in place that try and have a gendered focus on domestic violence and sexual assault and rape and these issues because there is a gendered mm-hmm. all academic research yep. and refuges and all of the studies show that there is a gendered component to abuse yep. that needs to be understood and yet men's rights activists their goal is to have that removed from every single legislation that's what they go out and do 
they want to make it all gender neutral, but that doesn't provide us with the proper picture of what's going on. And it fails not only women, but also men and everyone and everyone as well who's impacted by, mm-hmm. by abuse. It doesn't properly capture what's going on. And their goal isn't to protect or help people. It's just no. anti-women. And that's why it's so infuriating. And they just make shit up. And that's exactly it, right? It's anti-women. It's, it's yeah. anti-feminism. It's anti-women. And it's not creating a safe space for men. And no. the thing that is really... Um, saddening about it is that it could be like it could have been something that created a space for men to feel safe in and that if, and those who needed that safety a totally. space to someone to um be an activist and advocate but what it's become is it's just become a stereotypical uh woman hating organization that's wrapped up in this like oh no we love men this is what we're doing when it really yeah. isn't that's the thing um the interesting thing is if you actually look like historically at men's rights activists and where it came from and this organization still exists there's an organization that's in america called the national organization for men against sexism but that is looking at uh, it's pro-feminist and it's looking at how they can support men and tackling gender roles and toxic masculinity and all of these things that's actually where this this rooted from but there was a massive split that kind of happened i think it was around the uh, the 80s 90s and yeah there was a huge divide and then the men's rights activists kind of formed and you do have this other organization which is still there but they don't get anywhere near the same press and often like you know when there's debates or whatever going on about certain issues they'll ask men's rights activists and give them the space to talk to try and like make a balanced argument and you're like this isn't balanced these are actually people that hate women like you don't need to give them a platform and I think that's what's so infuriating is we give too much voice to these voices and yet again we don't give voice to women's experiences and 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 actually stuff that's rooted in fact you know like we just listen there's a really um this one this is when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast there was an interesting fact which as an example which mm. gets thrown around by men's rights activists and it's from Australia where they basically there's a campaign that says that 21 Australian fathers take their lives every week because of family access issues and this statistic has been it's been spread around everywhere like it kind of took like it took hold like lots of you know huge like websites and journalists were writing about this and like discussing it and debating it mm. but statistics like statistics like static statistical people I can't can even pronounce that then statisticians I don't know what their name is yeah, yeah them statisticians yeah. Sta- mm. maybe Anyway, um, they have like they they've gone in and they fact checked, and there is this this stat of twenty one Australian fathers. It's just not even true. It's not based in anything. There is no evidence whatsoever, and yet somehow it's quite provocative and it kind of sticks. Yeah, and, they've just, and they've just pulled a number out of out of anywhere. And and I guess that's the thing that we see a lot is that um, not just in men activist groups or anything like that, but people will some you need to fact check stuff because people yeah. will sometimes just pull out numbers out of their ass and say that this is what it is and unless and when it's a retrograde um organization or if it's got a fancy you know name we're supporting men you're not going to question it you do you do mm. believe it and when you hear something like that because we know that you know um we do know that men have high suicide rates we do understand that so when someone pulls something out like that you're like okay that that could be true yeah and for the average joe 
um, who is just out there and who's having his own experience with like family court or whatever and is just like a dick, um, he will then gravitate to something like that and go, see, this is what happens. If you don't let me see my kiddos, Mm. this is this is the this is the cause this is the this is the result this is what would happen you know and it's it's this bullshit that just makes it hard to be out there totally and it's way easier to blame a to blame like that kind of stuff than take any accountability for your own actions yeah exactly blame women um and yet we know actually how traumatic all these systems are you know and that's that's the thing Um, and I, I think, I think there's just, there's such a gap that's needed. Like we do need to do more to support young men and give them different role models and talk about gender stereotypes and toxic masculinity and all of this stuff. And actually feminism really promotes that. Although a lot of the time that isn't our core work because we're busy fucking dealing with everything else as well. And so I wish that there is such a space for men to step up and actually create activist Mm -hmm. groups which are supportive of men and I sometimes feel really frustrated that there isn't enough men that are doing that and then but then it needs to be um led by men for men it cannot be something that is led by women because once again we just fall into this trap of that um it's feminism taking over you know and you just need and you just need one man to to pl- plant that seed of doubt into whoever you're supporting, and it's not going to work. Um, I think it's it's a conversation we've had before around how feminism has such a bad rap around the name, and mm. what you can see in all of the manosphere um, is that it is a um, it is a blatant fuck you to feminism. Like that yeah. is what every uh, every sector in the manosphere has. That is that is the underpinning ideology of their um, of their rhetoric kind of thing rhetoric. Totally. Um, and so, what I think is really interesting is that when you really boil down what feminism is, it's 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 equality, you mm-hmm. know, and and that is always looked over because it's um, it is reimagined and redesigned by toxic men to believe that it's something against them um, and not for everyone. And I think that's mm-hmm. where it is needed that um, some feminist men step up to create space and to also talk and to to challenge these spaces because uh, feminists have been doing it for years and it isn't it isn't doing anything from women saying more because we're just feeding into that um, idea of who women are and who feminism is. So mm. now it's a space for men to kind of step up and go, come on, guys, look, mm. shift something in you because this mm. isn't how it is totally it's you're so right Ellie and it's going to be uncomfortable and there is going to be something that's lost in the process like it's no wonder that men feel like oh they're losing something because you are going to as soon as you start sharing the piece of your privilege that you've got like you're gonna Mm -hmm. have to accept some you're gonna accept responsibility for how you are accept the privileges that you've got accept Mm -hmm. the discomfort that comes with that and then give space to those people that are otherwise discriminated against and marginalized. And I think sometimes we want to share like shy away from being like, Oh no, like we're just going to make it all equal. Well, in order to do that, we have to, people have to accept where they are in the world and accept that maybe they didn't just get there off their own merit too. Welcome back to 
our favorite part of the podcast i'll see you next <laughs> thursday rant or rave yes i know we do love this bit although i feel like we were just chatting briefly before about what we were going to have as our mm. rant or our rave and we've just got one big topic and it's pretty ranty so just prepare yourselves for this one like don't skip it but do prepare because it's not great oh don't skip it it's really important really really important but yeah Yeah. pretty 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 bad do you want to introduce it Ellie yeah so um obviously um if you've been living under a rock um I'm about to bring that rock off you um (laughs) there has been for me well what I've noticed in the last week there's been this really big um uh ramp up um about a wahine that's gone missing in America her name's Gabby Petito Petito um and she is a white um hat um 24 year old young woman and it has been confirmed in the last couple of days that her body has been found um and she it does look like a homicide um she was doing like a cross-country trip with her partner and there's all this stuff that's gone within it she's been missing for it it feels like um from what the family have been saying it could be up to a month like there has been like limited uh, communication there's been stuff that's been posted online that doesn't appear to be her and um, they hadn't um, heard from her in a couple of days or when they had got a text it didn't seem like it was her and what's happened and what we've noticed is that um the online communities which is what social media is like really kind of into now is that they have tried to debunk it and try to find out what's happened to Gabby and they um created us you know they started looking into ways of trying to find her they were posting lots of stuff about her and it really just blew up like I know you guys know I'm on TikTok now do I post anything no I'm just one of those really creepy like back of the garden watches kind of thing um it's a great time but like I was seeing on my for you page like just things popping up all the time it was the same as it was popping up on like Instagram Facebook um true crime is a bit of a passion of mine so all that stuff was kind of popping up and um and then it was really devastating to find that um they did find her body and it does look like a homicide which is awful but it got me well, yeah. I was gonna say you told me about it like a week ago from TikTok. Like that's how you first yeah. brought up the whole topic. Um, mm-hmm. and I hadn't actually heard about it yet. So yeah. Yeah, I chatted to you about it. I think it must have been Friday last week. Mm, yeah, that. a week ago. Yeah. Um, and so we so and part of my topic and so my conversation with Ella around it was that um I I think it's amazing what social media has done and the fact that they have kept this alive and people have been really invested in it the thing that really fucks me off about this and it's not to dishonor Gabby because um we do want to hold that honor for her um but it's that how many um or would this have even happened if it was if it was a woman of color if a woman of color went missing, would there be the same um, bandwagon that everyone's jumped on, uh, put it onto social media, hashtagging this, hashtagging that, trying to find out what's happened to her? And I think we all know collectively that that wouldn't have happened. And that just really like breaks my heart, knowing that there are constantly women of color or non-binary uh, people who are being who are going missing. Um, who have possibly been murdered, who have been kidnapped, who have been um, trafficked, and there doesn't seem to be the same input, the same drive, the same ferocity of a fight to find them as there are for uh, certain types of people. And it's just um, 
bullshit, really. It's totally bullshit. I know that yesterday um, I saw a statistic that was shared that said that within that same area that Gabby went missing and disappeared, 710 Indigenous people, mostly mm. women, between... 2011 and 2020 have got have gone missing within that area and yet have we heard their stories do we know their names do we know the in-depth details of what happened within that case and it is like you said it's not to discredit Gabby whatsoever because what's happened is really tragic and awful and we need to honor that space and talk about male violence against women as well as we do so often in this podcast we just also have to acknowledge that this shit happens all the time to BIPOC women to and and to and to that community, and yet we yeah. fail to even recognize or acknowledge and and don't value life equally, yeah. and the pain that we're feeling collectively for Gabby and for everyone that's feeling it collectively for Gabby particularly white people, just take like a second to think about that and how that pain feels and then imagine how it feels for for our for, for the BIPOC community every time people from that community are killed or go missing and then it's not put up on the news and then think about how it would feel when they see someone like Gabby being like yeah. you know all this effort going into her finding her from the police and everything which is what should happen every single time that like there's so yeah. much pain and we can feel that pain for Gabby and it's something that it made me think very similarly to what happened after Sarah Everard earlier in the year Mm. um, in the UK. And it was a very, very similar thing. A white woman goes missing and Mm -hmm. all this effort is put into finding her, which it should be, but the same effort should be put in for, for other Wahine and trans people and non-binary people as well. And it's just not. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, um, it's just very upsetting to know um, that, um, it's like you said that um, different people's lives have different values. Um, and, and that's really what's kind of highlighted within this as well. Like, like you said, you, you, you know, what, what's happened is obviously awful um, and it's a tragedy and it's fucking shit that this has happened, but it's also happened to other women and no one knows their name and they're still not found and they're still Uh, missing. And what are the cops doing about that? You know, what are the police doing about that? What are these institutions doing about that? Mm. And you then you wonder why there's such such anger and frustration towards the police and these systems because they don't protect certain communities. No, they don't. No, they don't. And it's just so many, and it's it's just so many people. So many Mm. people have gone missing, Mm -hmm. and um, and so many people won't get the um ending and awful closure that this whānau will get mm. because um, the effort and the consideration wasn't put in first for these other women that have gone missing. No, exactly. So it's pretty shit. Not a really good rant. It's a bit of a rant, not a rave. Um, mm. And I just think it's something to think of, think mm. about, um, because we we don't. We often sit in our privilege and... Um, and we need to kind of be challenged with that privilege, I think. Definitely we do. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, the usual, fuck the patriarchy. And we'll see you next Thursday. If 
things have triggered you today, or you're worried about something you, a friend, or a whānau member is experiencing, please reach out to Women's Refuge on 0800 733 843 and follow the instructions to find your local refuge. You can also call Lifeline on 0800 543 354 or you can text 1737 to access free counselling here in New Zealand. For our friends and whānau outside of New Zealand, let us know where you are so we can support you in accessing the right services for you. We would love it if you can rate, review and subscribe on whichever platform you use. This really helps our wee podcast grow. And just remember to fuck the patriarchy. And see you next Thursday. Thursday.